pirate who chased the horizon. Welcome back to the With Joe Eby podcast. Today we're going through another of our important lessons and explorations revolving around a story I wrote for the, for the blog called The Pirate Who Chased the Horizon. So I'll riff on this a little bit and I guess tell you the, the, the crux and the, the necessary details of the story. You can go through the whole post later, if, uh, later in your day if you so wish. So this whole story is around a boy who grows up in a sea village. And in that sea village, they really ramp up the idea that there's this ultimate treasure that lies in the place where the sky meets the sea. The ultimate paramount treasure that no one's ever found. No one's ever made it there. It's a myth. So to get it, you have to go to that, that edge. And they, the boy, for his early prowess that he shows as a young sailor and on the waters, they build up, they, they tell him over and over that you could be the one, you could be the one, you could be the one that finds that treasure on the horizon. So the young boy, thinking, wow, shit, that'd be pretty cool. This is like my destiny, right? Grows up, becomes a pirate, and hires a crew, and they set sail. And as he sets sail, he's, he's kind of put off by how, how lazy and slack everyone is around him. Right, and he's uh, he gets frustrated. There's this old drunk who's always hobbling around, needs someone to help him. This old fat guy, and he gets really annoyed with the drunk because he's uh, you know, not taking the the mission and the quest seriously. He also thinks uh, lowly of one of the other pirates who always hides up in the in the crow's nest of the ship, way up high, and he gets frustrated at him. But then one day he's talking to the drunken sailor and realizes that he's not actually drunk he's actually a cripple but because he'd been so focused on the quest he had overlooked these details right in front of him because he's anxious about reaching the treasure and anxious because they never actually get closer to the point where the sky meets the sea so he's deeply frustrated but he's realizing oh the guy who i thought was drunk is just a cripple and the guy who's up in the crow's nest He's actually looking out for us all and he's not actually shy and I've misunderstood my whole situation. And the cripple pirate uh, says to the, the main pirate, the captain, and asks him why he wants to reach the horizon. And the pirate says, you know, you fool to reach the treasure. The cripple says, well, why do you want the treasure? And the pirate looks at him, he's dumbfounded, and he says, so I can have untold riches, the glory of our village, legacy on the seas, so I can have it all. Okay, the cripple says again, he's still dissatisfied, and he goes, so captain, what is the treasure? And the pirate looks at him, now more impatient than ever, and says, how am I supposed to know? Right? And the whole point is then, I guess, the, the cripple asks the captain, say it was untold riches, say it was all the gold in the world, asks him, what would you do with all the gold in the world? What would you do with it? And the pirate, obviously, the captain, obviously, doesn't have an answer. And the whole reflection at this point in the story is that the ideal he's chasing is not for anything really substantial. It was actually principally the idea planted in him as a child that he would be the one to go and find this treasure. It's, it's this myth that was planted in him by his culture that he did not author, that he did not compose on his own, he did not freely choose, 
but yet it has driven him and he's been unable to identify how non-substantive it is. In the same way we talked about a couple of episodes ago, to use water again, the, the that metaphor of the water and the stream and thinking you're independent but just heading in the same direction as everyone else. So it's an interesting little story in that the, the cripple and the par- the captain then debate what they would do with the money. And the cripple says, if I had all that treasure in the world, I would buy this boat off you and then throw away the rest. And the captain's shocked and he says, why? And he says, because everything I want is on this boat. And you're ruining it because you're a real cunt of a captain. Because you're so anxious about reaching the horizon that never gets any closer. And that's when the captain looks around and actually revels in the, instead of going below ship to go over his plans and everything, he actually takes an evening to watch all his crew celebrate life, drink and dance and whatever, and tell jokes and stuff around a fire, whatever it is, and just taking in the moment. And it's this balancing act, you know, it's just this balancing act. Realizes the quest so this is an important story for me just as a way to try and unpack in my mind some elements, right? To then to kind of put the, to now talk about it is the ideas and when they get planted into us, they're planted into us when we're very impressionable and young and they're not, they're stories, but they're not necessarily the stories we would freely choose for ourselves, yet they are ingrained in us. So that's something to be conscious of. The second thing is the whole, uh, and James Pass wrote the book Finite and Infinite Games, Life Imagined as Play. And the the game that can't end, right, F- infinite game is, is the horizon, reaching the horizon. It will never, you will never actually approach the horizon, which is the whole tragic part of the story, the foolish part of the story, the, over, the, the overlook, right? That's why the captain's a bit of an idiot. Chasing something that never actually gets closer. And there's this graphite boys I fell in love with when we we're doing our book that Jordan Jensen uh, helped uh, on YouTube. I'm showing it. Sorry for anyone who's just listening, but it's in the blog post. Uh, probably not even that visible the way I showed it there. But it's this, you know, where you are when you think where you think you should be is two points on a like a line, and how no matter what you do, you actually never get close to where you think you should be. You only get to different versions of the way you think you should be but there's always a new one that then just jumps up and is so it's kind of like chasing the horizon chasing an idealized version of yourself and i'll be happy when is like chasing the horizon and that's the point of this that's the point i guess i was fishing at with the story never gets closer so what you have to do then once you realize you never get closer which the, the captain eventually realizes you have to start adjust. You have to enjoy where you are. That's the only thing left. And it's the infinite game. It's the, the, the joy of an infinite game. In other words, a game that doesn't have an end. Like Not like a, a traditional sporting game. But one that doesn't have an end. Why would you play it? Well, you play it for the sake of playing it. And it's like being on the ship for the sake of being on the ship. Being the crippled pirate who, though crippled, has a great quality of life because his requirements are just so simple. And because of that, ultimately, you get to 
sail the course that is worth sailing rather than chasing the horizon. So the, the reflection question for today is, you know, what are you chasing that's not getting any closer? What horizons are you chasing? And if you're struggling with that, what's normally easier is to look at how it's relevant for others around you that you know. You can observe them more easily than you can observe yourself sometimes if your blinkers are too strong. So maybe who do you notice that is chasing a horizon, something that will never get closer? And then after that, what are the infinite games you play? What are things you do that you don't want to end? But then importantly, which are the finite games? Which are the things that you do them and your main priority when you're doing them is to get to the end? Because that's what we call chasing an outcome. It's for something to happen other than what you're doing right now. In other words, a classic example, not enjoying your job. You just want the day to be over. You want to get to the evening or on Friday, you want to get to the weekend. That's an example of a finite game. An infinite game would be someone who enjoys their work, doesn't really care or doesn't want the work day to end. So contrasting experience, right? Which is obvious. Some people enjoy their work, some people don't. But when you think about the, the outcome, right? So if you're working towards treasure, you're not enjoying the sailing. You just want to get to the treasure. But the problem is, if it takes a long time to get to the treasure, you're not going to enjoy much of the journey there. So then it depends, is the treasure worth that journey? Because it might be. It's for you to judge. But then two, three, uh, is it the second point or the third? Whatever we're up to, how can you protect against that treasure not being worth the journey? In other words, how can you factor in for the risk that what you're chasing won't actually be that good when you get, if I spend one year or two years working on what I think will be an awesome business, but then I realize that no one thinks it's an awesome business when I'm done. I don't want to have to look back on one or two years with, with deep regret that I wasted at the time. Now, why wouldn't I? If I enjoyed the process or if I saw meaning in it or if I had a very different interpretation of failure. Things like that. Thoughts, thoughts, many thoughts. But yeah, find those infinite games as well, for sure. Thank you very much, guys. I really enjoyed this podcast episode and it's always nice to bring a story or two into it. So I try my best to make them weird, not too weird, but relatable. So yeah, hopefully keep getting better at that. Thanks for tuning in again. Remember, of course, that the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others. So today you might like to share an episode as a way of doing that if you find it valuable or if you know someone it might resonate with. But also, especially, I'd love if this can spark conversations between you and people around you because that's definitely a door opener, more intentional conversations. Send the episode and have a chat with someone after about what they think or thought. But yeah, anything, anything else, that full episode available on the website, www.withjoeweeby.com. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you again tomorrow.